0: Turn with me please to Mark's Gospel. Mark's Gospel and chapter 6. Mark's Gospel, chapter 6. I want to read from verse 12. Mark's Gospel, chapter 6. And reading from verse 12. It says, Now they went out and priests that men should repent. And they cast out many devils, and anointed with oil many that were sick, and healed them. And King Herod heard of him, for his name was spread abroad, and he said that John the Baptist was risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works to show forth themselves in him. Others said that it is Elijah, and others said that it is a prophet, or as one of the prophets. But when Herod heard thereof, he said, it is John, whom I beheaded, he is risen from the dead. For Herod himself had sent forth and laid hold upon John, and bound him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. For John had said unto her, It is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Therefore Herodias had a quarrel against him, and would have killed him, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and a holy and observed. When he heard him, he did many things, and heard him gladly. And when a convenient day was come, that Herod on his birthday made a supper to his lords, high captains and chief estates of Galilee. And when the daughter of the said Herodias came in and danced, and pleased Herod and them that sat with him, the king said unto the damsel, Ask of me whatsoever thou wilt, and I will give it thee. And he swore unto her, Whatsoever of shall shalt ask of me? I will give it thee unto the half of my kingdom. And she went forth and said unto her mother, What shall I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she came in straightway with haste unto the king and asked, saying, I will that thou give me, by and by, the charger, the head of John the Baptist. And the king was exceedingly sorrowed. Sorrowful yet for his own sake and for their sakes, which sat with him, he would not reject her. And immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought. And he went and beheaded him in a prison and brought his head on a charger and gave it to the damsel. And the damsel gave it to her mother. We'll end reading at verse 20. Hopefully, the Lord blesses his word to our hearts this evening. Jesus had sent his disciples out to preach in all the villages in Galilee that the people should repent and believe the gospel. and that was John's gospel message to the people. He called them to repent and believe the gospel and Jesus was sending his own disciples out to preach the very same message. And in Mark 6 and 14 it says the king heard him For his name was spread abroad and he said that John the Baptist was raised from the dead. And therefore these mighty works do show forth themselves in him. He says, for it's John that I beheaded. He heard the reports of those that had gone out. He was asking probably about who this Jesus is. What does he look like? What does he sound like? What is his message? And Jesus himself who looked very like John the Baptist. I mean, not everyone knows that, but he looked very like John the Baptist. He was rugged, he was ruddy, he was a, a fiery man. He wasn't what we see in the television, this long, thin-faced, long, long haired type man. No, he was every inch a rugged character who looked very like John and sounded very like John the Baptist. So Herod thought that this was, see, this was John raised again from the dead. And that's interesting because Herod... Believed in the resurrection from the dead. Herod was a man who understood something about the word of God. But more than this, Herod was a man whose conscience was bothering him. that wasn't really normal because the Herods were a ruthless family of rulers in Israel from 4 BC right through to 70 AD. And they were a cruel who even assassinated their own family members. If you read the history, you'll find this. They were paranoid mongers who would stop at nothing to stay in power and stay on the throne. We have six Herods mentioned in Scripture, and it can be quite confusing as to which one it is we're talking about, but we hear in Scripture of the first one, Herod the Great. And then he had sons, Herod Antipas, we called it Petra, and then Herod Archelaus, Herod Philip. And then there was Herod Agrippa 1 and Agrippa 2. In verse 16 here we've got Herod Antipas, who is the youngest son of Herod the Great. He was the one who heard of Jesus and believed him to be John, raised from the dead. Now the reason for his concern is given in the following verses in our our reading tonight. And I want this just through verse 17 through verse uh, twenty. Eight, to learn about this individual, Herod. He's the man who silenced the voice of God. You wonder, can you actually silence the voice of God? Well, Herod was the man who silenced the voice of God. And I believe on the authority of God's word, that it is possible to do that, to silence the word of God, the voice of God. And if God was to stop striving with you and I'm talking to those that are watching online as well for I know that there are some that are listening in who we don't know who are unsafe and you listen in regularly. I want to say this to you with a heart here that if if God should stop striving with you, you will have no hope whatsoever of ever receiving salvation. Jesus said on one occasion he says you shall seek me and you shall die in your sins and where I am or where I will be, you cannot come. And the scripture says in the book of Revelation that there is in no wise anything that defileth, nor worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, that will enter in to heaven. It doesn't matter what it says in the paper. And it doesn't matter what it says at the funeral uh, service when the, the minister may paint a wonderful picture and tell everybody that The individual's in heaven. It doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't even matter what's written on a tombstone. And there's some lovely things written in tombstones. It only matters if your name's written in the long book of life. You get to heaven. The scripture says where there is no vision, where there is no divine word from God, the people perish. Proverbs 29. And Jesus says, No man can come to me except the Father in heaven, Draws from a few seconds the voice of God the Spirit of God will not strive with you Genesis 6 tells us God has a red line drawn and if individuals cross that red line you'll not hear from God anymore on the basis of Scripture I want to share with you five things that Herod did wrong because I believe if you're Following in church, you're listening to the word of God, and you're you're hearing it weekly or monthly or whatever, and you're still not seeing if you're doing something wrong. There's something wrong. I want you to think about what Herod did wrong. First of all, he was persuaded by the voice of his wife. Verse seventeen through twenty says, "For Herod himself sent forth an edip hold upon John and bound him to prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife." for he had married her. And because John had said unto Herod, it is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. You see Herod, Antipas had been, wild away from Philip, his, his wife, young wife, and had married her himself. And John, who was one who never missed his words, remember he used to say to the Pharisees, you generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from their wrath, which is to come? He never missed his words. He had long called this king to repentance and he told him that he needed to get rid of his brother's wife. Her wouldn't put her Herodias away. And Herodias fearing for her position strove to get rid of John the Baptist. It says in verse 19, Therefore Herodias had a quarrel against John and would have killed him. But she could not. You see, a Herod pondered to his wife. He protected John. He compromised his convictions for calm. He protected John. It's said in verse 20, For Herod feared John. He knew that he was a just and a holy man. And he protected him. The word is, and the original. And when he had heard him, he did. There's an interesting word, this old no word did. It's the word, pay in the original. And it means to cast out many things. To cast out. He cast out it says many things and heard him gladly. Heard. listened to John. Heard, heard John often. He heard the voice of God because John's voice was the voice of God. The one crying in the wilderness to prepare. And Heard acted. He cast away some things in his life. I know people when they hear the gospel and they realize that they're not right before God, they start to get rid of things. They start to cast things away. They maybe stop the cigarettes. They maybe stop the beer or whatever it is that they drink. They maybe give up the horses or the dogs or the gambling or whatever it is. They get these things up and they begin to clean up their acts. So we can start going to church regularly. Heard did many things, he says, and heard him gladly. Can I ask you tonight, and I don't know anyone here. Can I ask you, have you heard the voice of God through some preacher? Because when the Bible speaks and the preacher preaches, it's the, it's the word of God. It's the voice of God that's going out. Have you heard preachers pleading with like you to prepare? Prepare you the way of the Lord. There'll be a voice of encouragement to make your heart ready to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and King. Or more solemn, we'll be prepared to meet your God. A voice of warning. For we'll all stand before God one day. And you will stand before him one day. And if you're not saved, you're not there. Are you listening to the voice of God? Are you listening to the voice of another? As Herod was listening to the voice of his wife, are you listening to a partner? Or a peer? Maybe even if you're at school or college, you're just a professor. Tells you Christianity and this Bible is a lot of nonsense? Well, hear the Lord's voice. while you still can. The scripture says, Call upon the Lord when he's near. Herod heard him gladly. He was cleaning up his act. But he held on to this particular sin, and he was not going to give up Herodias. He was persuaded by the voice of his wife. And then secondly, he was pleased with the performance of his niece, because it says in verse 21, on an opportune day was come, that Herod on his birthday made a supper for his nobles, high officers, and the chief men of Galilee. Now well, you can imagine, you? the party was in full swing and the drink was flying. And the who's who of Galilee was there. Royalty was there. The military was there. All the political figures of the day were there and the wine was flowing and the entertainment was good and it happened. The scripture says the daughter of the St. Herobias came in and danced and pleased her and then the Sabbath. And then the king said to the damns, they'll ask of me whatever you will, and I will give it. And he also swore unto her, it says, Whatever you shall ask me, I will give it to thee, up to half of my kingdom. And people have wondered, what does this actually mean? Up to half of his kingdom? Does it mean he wants to marry her? No, it doesn't mean that. Her was pleased with her performance. And the word pleased has this idea of, of excitement attached to it. She danced rudely before the king and his guests and pleased them all, all of these worldly men. And her in a moment of haste seeking to please the young woman offered her an open-handed gift of whatever she chose. Up to half of this kingdom. It was a way of saying, make your request big. Big, for it needs to be talked about for a long time. He really wants to be pleased with this performance of his niece. Can I tell you on Save One tonight? Be very careful what your emotions are telling you to do when you're out in the world, marry making. When you're enjoying yourself at the office party or out with all your friends, and when the drink is flowing, and you say, When the drink's in, the it's out. Everything seems to be great. Be careful. Be careful. Herod was pleased with the performance of his niece. But he was perplexed with Salome's request. Verse 24 says, She went forth and said to her mother, What shall I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she commenced straightway with haste to the king and asked him, I will that thou give me at once. In a charger, on a platter, the head of John the Baptist, this young, beautiful girl was asking for a gruesome gift. A man's head, on a platter, John the Baptist head. Herod had been tricked by Herodias, and he knew it, and it says, and the king was exceedingly sorry. He was grieved, he was perplexed by this request. He could never have anticipated this in a million years. What should he have done? If you picture that scene, what should he have done when that request was made for him? He's the king. He can do whatever he wants. What should he have done? Well, he should have said "Here, I promised you a gift. Not your He should have said, I offered you a gift. Not murder. He should have even swallowed his prey and just said no. But the crowd and his credibility and his conceitedness wouldn't allow him to do any of these things. He was perplexed but not prepared to do anything about it. For he was pressured by the presence of his peers. It says in verse 26, Yet for the oath's sake and for their sakes, which sat with him, he did not want to refuse her. You see, everybody that was anybody was there. All the nobles were there. The chief men, the high officers, the generals. All the men of the world waiting to see what Herod would do. Would he be weak or would he be strong? Would he honor her request? Or would he laugh it off and just look like a fool? What would he do? Peer pressure causes people to sin and brings a lot of hurt. More than most people for people in a crowd will do more than they would ever do alone. To be popular, to be the centre of attraction. Maybe even because there's safety in numbers. Or just because the crowd that you're with accepts whatever it is that you would do. You'll do things in a crowd that you never do alone. But just because it's accepted by the crowd doesn't make it right. And it takes a real man or a real woman or a real young person to go against the crowd and to do that thing which is right. It says, And immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought. And he went and beheaded John in the prison and brought his head on a charger and gave it to the damsel. And the damsel gave it to her mother. They were all waiting to see what would take place. And in a short while the executioner came in with his board in the head of John the Baptist on the left side. He presented it to the girl and she took it to her mother. Gruesome. It's also sad. Because that was the moment in Herod's life when he silenced the voice of God.
1: He had cut his own life
0: in. God would never speak to him again. The preaching of the cross, Christ's death for sinners, the wonderful, merciful work of the Lord Jesus Christ, who was going to go to Calvary and suffer and die at the hands of man For sinners such as her, it would mean nothing to that one. He would never hear that message with his the inner ear with his heart. And Christ's resurrection from the dead and the blood that was shed, nothing would do anything for Herod because Herod had cut his life line, his eternal life line. Luke 23, and verse 8, tells us that Christ stood before Pilate and when Pilate heard that Christ was a Galilean and under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod. You see, Pilate and Herod had fallen out. And Pilate saw a way of honouring Herod by sending the Lord Jesus Christ to Herod and asking Herod what should be done with him. And it says in the word of God, that when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad. This was a few years later. For he desired for a long time to see him. You see, if you cut off the voice of God, it doesn't mean to say you not not desire to hear Would you want to hear. Because he had heard, it says, many things about Jesus, and hoped to see some miracle done by him. But Herod had missed his opportunity. Even though the Lord Jesus Christ was going to stand right in front of him. He had missed his opportunity. That opportune day was on Herod's birthday a few years earlier, and he had missed it, and God's Spirit would never strive with him again. He was desirous to hear more. He wanted to see a miracle. He believed all that he had heard about Jesus, who he was, what he had done. He had questions for the Lord Jesus Christ. The Word of God says, but Jesus answered him not a word. Not a word. When Herod was seeking answers, when Herod was seeking to hear from the Lord, not a word. What happened to Herod? Well, if you know your history or you read your history, you'll find out that Herod was accused of conspiracy by his nephew, Agrippa, and was accepted to by Caligula, where he died with Herodias' at his side. He will hear something spoken by Jesus in a future day, but it will be depart from me, you cursed in the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And if you're not saved tonight, and you're listening in or you're here, you could be in danger of the same fate as Herod, because there is a line which is wrong, and someday that line will stand before you. And the Lord will say for the last time, repent, turn around, and head for heaven, having your sins forgiven and washed by the blood of Christ, who rose from the dead. You'll hear this command and you'll obey it, or you'll step over the deadline. Never to hear the voice of glory again. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing. And that by the word of God. It doesn't come through miracles. It doesn't come through healings. It comes through hearing. And that by the word of God. We need to hear the voice of God. And we need to act upon it. And the Bible tells us when we need to act. It says today. If you will hear His voice. Harden that your heart. It says now is the opportune time. To hear the of the Lord's voice. Today is the day of salvation. It's not tomorrow or it's not next week or it's not next month. It's today. For God never speaks of today. Or sorry, tomorrow when it's got to do with individual people. The only time God speaks about tomorrow is when he's talking about himself. For he's guaranteed tomorrow. you're not. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. So I would plead with you. I'm sure as many other preachers have pleaded with you, to trust the Lord Jesus Christ and accept Him as your Lord and Savior and good tonight, for there is no guarantee there will ever be another opportunity. Don't step over the line and don't silence the voice of God, for He will not always stray with man. Let's pray. Our Father, we, we thank you for these words of warning in the scriptures. And we know that they're there for the benefit of those of you to hear. Our prayer tonight would be that your word would achieve that to which it's sent. And that some poor lost soul would hear the gospel call. Would turn to the Lord Jesus Christ who loved them and died on a cross that they may receive him. Up and accept them into their life for time and for eternity. And Father that they would do it today. For tomorrow may never come. We ask that in Jesus' name and for us here. Amen. Amen.